we've raised around half a million dollars in materials and funds. Our idea is bringing technology in unique and exciting ways to philanthropy. Hey, what's going on, futurists? It's your host here, Michael Zakan, the founder and CEO of Our Future. We are the go-to podcast and media brand delivering short, exciting stories to Gen Z business leaders. And today, I have an awesome interview lined up for the futurists with Mr. Krishna Koka. He is a sophomore at the University of Michigan studying biomedical engineering. And when COVID hit, he was kind of done just watching the horrors. His mom was a frontline worker and he wanted to play a part in alleviating the crisis. So what he started to do was produce face shields using his 3D printer. He was always a tinkerer, always made things. And that has blossomed into a nonprofit. So it started off as PPE for NYC. He was delivering face shields and other PPE to hospitals and people who needed it in the New York City area. Then it expanded to produce PPE for all 50 states. And since starting, it's done about 34,000 items across the country to the people who need them most in the midst of this pandemic. And now Krishna is the title is, is founder and CEO of Power4, right? So there's a third name it's evolved into now, which is a whole next level take on philanthropy. Please enjoy this interview with Krishna Koka. Uh, I guess the first thing would be give us a 30 second pitch on who you are, where you come from. My name is Krishna Koka. I'm from Poughkeepsie, New York. It's about two hours upstate from New York City. And uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Power4. It's a kind of new wave accelerator, kind of bringing philanthropy and startup culture together. Um, we started as a product of the COVID-19 crisis. You know, mm -hmm. my mom, you know, works in healthcare and at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, somewhere in March, uh, you know, the anxiety got too much to bear. And me and my friends got together and we really wanted to do something about it. So we kind of started some PPE drives on the internet. And from there, we've been able to kind of balloon into um, a very powerful nonprofit. First, it sure. was called PPE for NYC. Then we were able to go to PPE for all. And now we're kind of going global with a lot of different amazing and incredible initiatives. Wow. A lot of different multifaceted dimensions to what you're working on. What was your hypothesis? What was your hypothesis about the PPE space? Did you just see yourself as jumping into the fray and providing value in a market full of very similar players? Or did you see a unique mission for delivering PPE? I never thought that I would get involved in the philanthropic space. I never thought that, you know, PPE would ever be something that I would get involved in. But, um, you know, I was involved with 3D printing and kind of manufacturing efforts almost my entire life. I mean, I got involved with some medical innovation in high school, building 3D printers in my basement. I mean, that's what I did. And Tinkerer. from, yeah. And from there, I was able to, you know, uh, you know, land some jobs at Mount Sinai, ICANN School of Medicine, um, Yale New Haven Health. And Really kind of coming from there, I, I kind of got immersed in supply chain technologies and being able to get things from A to B is, is really my bread and butter. I'm looking at the horrors grace my TV screen in front of me, and, and it led me to some Facebook groups that were trying to deal with the situation in very similar ways. One that I can think of off the top of my head is one called open source COVID medical supplies. If you understand the open source movement right now and the maker movement, it's it's this idea that you know information is free, technology is free. Let's use it to you know combat crises in the world using all of our pooled intellect. So very early on in March, we were able to you know uh, there were people, designers architects, 3D printers from all across the world 
kind of pooling in their efforts to try to design new ventilator yeah. solutions. It was good to see business jump in the fray too. We saw the big automakers jump in and start creating ventilators. It was like a war effort, dude. It was it was crazy. And it's amazing to me that you had the drive and ambition to insert yourself and provide real value. Most of us are just sitting on the sidelines. How'd you get started? So you joined some Facebook groups. Was there one email that like set you off? Was there one meeting, one introduction, one choice or decision that was the catalyst for this crazy thing that has become what is now a futuristic nonprofit you're building? There were actually 200 because we, we, we always like to think about the one email that sets it off. But for me, it was the 200, 300, 400 kind of personalized emails I was sending different kind of PPE suppliers. Trying to connect people together was, was kind of where I saw myself. And I think the listeners might still be asking what you're doing. Um, so you started out by kind of routing PPE to those who needed it. But now you have this tremendous vision, which you actually pitched me on a few days ago with kind of four key pillars. So if you could articulate that. Our, our idea at, at Power4 is, is to accelerate giving in a way like, you know, we, we really haven't been able to see before. You know, a core pillar is that, um, you know, back when we were like PPE for NYC or PPE for all, we had uh, larger nonprofits approach us back before we had tax exemption status. And they said, hey, join our organization. We will give you money monthly, but in return, you will have to give us kind of access to all of your operations, essentially a buyout in the nonprofit space. And, and that, that frightened me. That frightened me in a way that um, I, like as the, as, as the one who's steering a ship like this, I, mm. I didn't want to kind of go for something like that. Um, now that we're in a space that, you know, we've raised around half a million dollars in materials and funds in, in not even a year. Um, it's amazing. We're at, a, we're at a space in which I hope that we might be able to fund, support, and consult early stage nonprofits in, in a way that, you know, lets them fly and lets them be able to kind of hone in on what they want to do. And we can just be there to support that we're yeah. not looking for you know, equity, because frankly, you can't get equity in a nonprofit. It's its own legal separate entity. But yeah. if we, with all of the infrastructure and all the technology that we've been able to build to be able to expedite supply chain processes during a time when supply chain processes have gone awry, you know, we can do a lot. We can do a lot for the world. And I know you can do a lot. And I believe in this vision. I know you pitched this on me. I'll say it again in a few days ago. Um, and your idea to the most upstream part of this idea is to create a better giving button on e-commerce websites and allowing that better giving button, that better brand powering that giving button, allowing people some choice over the projects in which they invest in. And this is a monster of an idea. As we go more towards a social media driven world, as you know, we attend Zoom University, as you know, we become more obsessed with connecting with each other globally, than we do with our neighbors. It, we become a world that might become a little less empathetic. And by being able to kind of incentivize philanthropy, being able to make giving easy, we might be able to create a more empathetic world. We might be able to connect our donors, the people that just might wanna take a chance with that button to their impact that they're making around the world, that 
that is the connections that we want to be able to build. And so through these corporate partnerships, that is that is what we're going for. Corporate partnerships with online e-commerce platforms. You were such a CEO, the way you just described that. I mean, that could have easily been your answer 10 years from now in a CNBC interview or six months <laughs> from now, because you're also picking, selecting, optimizing the projects overseas and at home. You're able to specifically track the dollars from that donation they make on that online website when they're buying whatever the heck and show them through your consumer focused angle, what exactly they put their money towards. That's what I think. That's, I think there's so much power in that. That, that was our first kind of a problem statement that we wanted to kind of solve because when you donate to, you know, any standard nonprofit these days, you give your money, you get your tax exemption receipt and you and get you an go, email that says, you thank you so much. Street. Thank you. Yeah. There's no exactly. transparency. I think this might get tricky in that you're also trying to manage the the projects. It's almost Here's like my, you want, it's almost like you want to be the Red Cross and you want to be PayPal. We need to be very selective with the nonprofits or the initiatives that we choose for our you know donee side. But there's two sides to this. The one yeah. side is the donee side, our philanthropic side, and the other side is the corporate side because we need to. By doing the philanthropic side really well, you make corporate happy. And by making corporate happy, you get a shit ton of money that can then make the philanthropy side happy. It's this really wonderful yin-yang balance that we want to have. And so if I go to the Red Cross, they're already a 501c3. And so, yes, we can bolster their fundraising efforts. But the point at the end of the day is that are they going to let us gut open their system and be able to dive in and track everywhere that the money from our donors is going in their systems? Probably not. Right. Probably not. So that is why we're trying to focus a lot on kind of consulting and funding early stage regional nonprofits. Let's say there's like yeah. an earthquake in Haiti, right? They aren't set up. So it's a very, yeah. like, it's not a complicated system and that we can go in, fund that, and we can tell donors exactly. And like wildfires in California, I think would be a good Exactly. Example. That is, that is a perfect example. And Dollar Tree, um, like the hotel branch, they, they have set up a bunch of stuff to make that happen. It would be great to maybe partner with Dollar Tree to be able to understand, um, like where their funds go towards that and then be able to kind of integrate our system, right? So that is if we are selling our product to them in that way, but chances are that they already have tax exemption status and that this is not really something that they need except for the reach. But then at that point, we don't get anything out of that because they're already established. A great thing for us would be to accelerate these smaller stage things because they don't have 501c3 status yet, but we do. No. It, it, there's just so many moving parts. So what are you focusing on first? Right now, what we're doing is we're going into, or like we have a couple companies that we're working with right now and we're piloting it with them. They're Shopify businesses. So the first thing that we want to do is create a Shopify plugin that's particular to us that Shopify businesses can integrate because it's very easy. Most of them are e-commerce. That's perfect. Shopify um, is so easy. You can find so many on the web too. Through email. Exactly. And they have plugins. So if we just create a Shopify plugin, post yeah, it plug anybody can use it and so if anybody can use it then it'll it'll obviously be the best one um if it's giving financial incentive to uh the businesses so that's what we're working on right now um after that i think we have plans on creating a separate product that is its own like either payment processing like you said like powered by shopify or uh, pay by google or 
you know, something like that, if we can integrate this into payment processing in a easy and kind of streamlined way, um, I think that would be perfect. What, what we need for that, that we're recruiting for right now, actually, is a UI UX designers to make sure that like, it's nice and that people want to use yeah. it. Iconic button goes back to what I was talking yeah. about. Inspire the listeners that you were at age 19 or 20? 19. Age 19. What are your goals then for this, for this vision you have over the next six months, year? Honestly, dude, we're around, you know, 66, 67 inspired college students from all across the country. No, even the world at this point, we have some people from Vietnam working on this and the ideas that we're generating here, we feel that they can all be solved using technology and bringing technology in unique and exciting ways to philanthropy. I think that, you know, mimicry is the uh, highest form of flattery and that if, if in any way we might be able to inspire other socially engaged entrepreneurs, anybody who is interested in philanthropy, to know that you don't have to do a standard giving model, you know, that technology can be integrated in new and exciting ways in order to kind of promote a connection between a corporate for-profit system and a non-profit system. The lines are blurring. The lines have already blurred. And with with the advent of fintech, with the advent of these technology supported supply chain processes, um, there's there's a lot of good that can come out of this. So I'm mm. extremely excited and can't wait to have more people on board. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Krishna Koka, founder and CEO of Power4, previously known as PPE for NYC and PPE for all. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Very impactful, super exciting stuff that Christian's working on. Please leave our future review on Apple Podcasts. It only takes 60 seconds, helps the show grow, gets it to where it needs to go. I'd be very, very appreciative if you left me a review. Uh, Happy to read them out on the show. And thank you so much again for your time listening to the podcast. I will be with you guys again soon. Peace out.